Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 175 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, joined once again for the first time in a very, very, very long time. In studio with me, James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. It's good to be back, huh, boys? Hey, what's up? It's uh, been a long time. Yeah, James, you got some gray hairs growing? Yeah, I, I've got names for them. They're called Jake and Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of big stressors there. James, of course, had to do the pastime and the disservice of coming into the podcast studio where he hasn't been in months. You know, this has been my little sanctuary, and he brings in his Burger King and stinks the whole place up, making me hungry. And, like, I came in here. I didn't eat. I was going to eat after we got done with this. And now it's like, what are you going to do? Have some respect, man. You can't just come in here with all those smells first day back. I did do the service, though, of eating the hamburgers first. She should have brought some to share. Before I even got in here. Should have brought some to share. I shared the the fries with you. I did. I had a couple of fries. I ain't going to lie. But nonetheless, this, this podcast office still smells like Burger King, and I am basically salivating. Um, we have to mo- get moving on this episode, though, because we have a lot going on today. We're going to be moving really fast, like a couple of guests that we have today. And Julia Flynn from Traverse City Central, that junior, just broke the school record in the two-mile. Not just broke it, but absolutely crushed her own school record. We'll talk about that in a minute. And same thing with Hunter Jones. Just another absolutely blazing time in the two-mile, running under nine minutes. We're going to talk about those guys as they get in with us for the interviews for episode 175. Before we get into those, we're going to be in the pulse. We'll talk a little bit about a little bit about some rankings, about our track teams, a lot of track in general. I mean, we had the Ken Bell invite last week, which is just huge. Basically, it's the biggest one up here, except for the Record Eagle Honor Roll invite. Which I hear is happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for everybody to be there. That's going to be uh, that's one of the best times for us to actually see who's who in Northern Michigan. The medals are ordered. Medals are clink, clank, clink, clank, clink, clank, all the way to the Record Eagle offices. But we're going to talk about Ken Bell, some rankings, a couple of big runners in the polls. James has a whole list of our teams who are basically making noise around the state, and not just track, but in soccer, in tennis, in baseball, in softball. So we are going to go through those rankings before we get into the interview. After the interview, we're going to get into the chatter that matters. We're going to let you know a couple of things that happened last week, big stories with the MHSAA and a couple of things that we wrote about. So make sure you stick around after the interview. Then we'll get into our another rendition of the Hall of Fame. We put one more athlete into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan for one of their performances last week. And then we're going to get into the trifecta, which if you guys were here last week, I printed off a whole new list of questions for our guests for the Freaky Fast Five. But I found a couple of really good questions on there that we're going to start using for our trifecta. So if you have been around for our Freaky Fast Five and you know how zany and fun those questions can be, Wait until you get to today's trifecta. So that will wrap up the episode. So before we get into everything, we got to remind you, this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. Let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. We have a lot of fast kids to talk about. And by fast kids, I mean some of the fastest kids in the entire country. Literally, we're we're having two of the fastest kids in the entire country on the podcast today so that's really exciting uh hunter jones we talked about him a lot last year obviously in the cross country season we know what he's running in a 5k but doing the two mile the longer distances for the track team hunter jones is what what the fastest sophomore in the nation right now and then julia flynn is number five uh just overall for girls in in speed in the two mile she ran a a 10 minute 9.87 second two mile 
She set the school record at Traverse City Central at 1029.37 two weeks ago. And then in two weeks, she shaved off 20 seconds to run that time and become the fifth fastest girl in the two-mile in the whole country this year. That's crazy. And, and Hunter's time is also the fastest time ever run by a sophomore in the state of Michigan. Ever. Ever. In, you know, since they've started timing this stuff. I mean, I'm looking at the two-mile rankings, the national two-mile rankings according to Athletic.net. Girl from California, girl from Texas, another California girl. Oh, yeah, northern Michigan's up there. Look at the weather we've been having for the last two weeks. So I wonder, that says a lot to Julia, um, what she's been training in. I don't think we've had a single day over 70 degrees, and that's like the best, like the adequate temperature for distance running. So come the state meet, gosh, what, because the sky's the limit, right? I'm talking about a sophomore and a junior. Julia. I, yeah, no, I know, but we're talking about we're talking about hundred. We're talking about a sophomore and a junior. Yeah. They're, they're the fastest runners in the country. The other girls on that list, all four, are all seniors. Juniors and seniors. Oh no, I believe they're all seniors. She's the only junior. Am I wrong? Mia Barnett is the number one, nine fifty-two. She's a senior. No, just are, are they all seniors? You don't have to read them all off. Are they all senior, seniors? Junior, junior, junior. Okay, so there's all upperclassmen, right? You still got another whole year. Senior. From Julia. He's got two whole years from Hunter Jones. The fastest time ever as a sophomore? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So they went down to Shepard. They went down to that 3,200. 3, that was an elite race. That was like an invite-only elite race. They're, they're, both of their teams were participating in Ken Bell. Just those two, and then Drew Seabase and Luke Van Huysen went down with them. And let's talk about that. Luke Van Huysen came in second place. Hunter didn't even win that race. No, no. Yeah, Van Heisen broke the TC school record, too. The thing that Hunter went to over the weekend was that uh, it, was it wasn't like a high school thing. It was an outside okay, it wasn't. school thing. And, but he didn't, he didn't even win that race. He, was, he finished fourth in that race. The guy who's first is considered to be, he's a senior at uh, Ann Arbor Skyline and is considered to be kind of like the future of distance running in the United States. Hobbs Kessler. Hobbs Kessler. Yeah, he came in fourth. He ran an 8.59.55 as a sophomore. He came in fourth. The guy ahead of him actually had him by five seconds. Can, I guarantee you he had a sub-nine minute as a sophomore. That's crazy. That's insane. We're talking about the future of distance running. I remember talking to, I remember talking to Hunter last year, and he's just he's a freak. Seriously. And the last, what, the last 200 meters of a race, he has more gas than he did in the, first, the, the, the whole rest of the race. Yeah, uh, he's not tired at the end of a two-mile race. That was the thing. Aza Kelly uh, showed pictures. He posted pictures on, I think it was Facebook, of his uh, stopwatch and Hunter's lap time for his last lap. They, they did eight, so it was a quarter-mile loop. Was faster than any of his other laps. It was like one minute flat. I, so okay, so I don't want, I don't always like to play this game, but I mean we, we we know that this is just insane. So he's at eight fifty-nine as a sophomore. Okay. One of twenty-one people in state, one of twenty-one people total in state history to ever break nine minutes, right? Where, how far, how 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 much more can somebody even chop off their time in high school? I don't know. That's what we got to ask him, right? Like it's insane. Like <clears throat> where, where where do you think you see him at? I know I know he, where he. I think he still has goals to be under eight thirty. He has to at this point, right? You got to wonder when he's going to start also focusing a little bit more on the mile and try start going after that four minute mile. I mean, because if he I can do, do know, if like, he can do a one minute quarter mile. On the last quarter mile of a two two mile race, I do know one of my one of my friends runs for the University of Michigan. He told me that once you got down to like four thirty, 
like under five minutes. Like once you get in that four thirty range, it's every second becomes like a week harder. Like you know, get, it's every, every second from then on. It's like okay, I'm gonna get down another second this week, or get down there another two seconds the next week. So. I'm trying to tell you this. Is, we're talking about we're not talking about normal runners here. Julia Flynn just cut twenty <laughs> seconds off of her two mile in two weeks. Not one second. She, she if she breaks ten minutes. Julia Flynn's going to be up there literally as the fastest female runner in the country. Like, she's, would you say 10.02? She's seven seconds off being the fastest female in the country. Yeah. Right? She just dropped 20. You think she can get under 10 this season? I don't doubt it. I don't. We're going to ask. We'll see what their goals are. You'll find out here in a little bit, but still insane. I'm so glad that we got to have both these these runners on the podcast, and we did on the same one because we kind of compare and contrast how – they are each able to, you know, make this happen and how they, you know, how they've trained. And maybe it is a little something to do with Northern Michigan. Maybe we got a little bit more hills or something than the rest of the people around the state. Speaking about their teams, though, I want to get into the Ken Bell invite. Uh, both of their teams, so the, the Benzie Central boys and girls and then the Traverse City Central boys and girls were at the Ken Bell invite, um, along with Traverse City West, Sutton's Bay, Traverse City St. Francis, uh, East Kentwood, Hudsonville, Manistee, and Big Rapids as well. This is the the big news out of this is that the Central girls, right? They they win, they scored over two hundred points. They beat East Kentwood by eighty. The Traverse City West boys almost matched that. They got up to like one hundred ninety six, and they beat East Kentwood by fifty four. East Kentwood has won the Ken Bell invite, and I couldn't find anything passes every year since at least twenty fourteen. So they've, I mean, and they've won five out of the last eight state championships. They beat East Kentwood. This, this is, this is big for both these teams. And they do it without Julia Flynn. The yeah. girls do it without Julia Flynn running. Burkholder, she, she won three events for Traverse City Central. The second, the secondary runner. Yeah, Burkholder's ranked like she's ranked eleventh in the state right now in the hundred. Okay. The hundred hurdles. I mean. Yeah, she won the one hundred hurdles, the three hundred hurdles, and the two hundred. Right, and then she was second place with the relay team. For the girls in the 3200 relay. Yeah, and then, like I said, Traverse City Central boys were without Drew Seabase and Luke Van Heisen. They're two fastest runners, right? And then, so their number three guy, Micah Bauer, stepped in and won the, the 3200 in under 10 minutes, 959, right? As a sophomore, he steps in as their number three guy. The other two, their two best runners are down at the Shepherd, uh, you know, Elite 3200 running, and they still get up there. I mean, Traverse City Central boys finished third in this. Uh, it went west, East Kentwood, then Central, and then the other way around for the girls went Traverse City Central and then East Kentwood. But Traverse City West, well, the girls' team, who's also state-ranked, I believe, wasn't even at the Ken Bell invite. They went down to Bay City, and they beat three Division One teams and won a track meet. So, I mean, we are just having extreme success so far this season on the track and field. Yeah, and then somehow those teams drop in the rankings, which I don't get how the computer rankings can work that way in uh, in track. But, you know, because those teams were ranked number one, I think, right? I, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive they were ranked higher than that. Especially as I said, after you beat East Kentwood, and then I think it was, what, Bay City, Saginaw Heritage, and Grand Blank, I think is what, what West beat. But what are they ranked right now? The West boys are uh, ranked number three. Central girls are ranked number five. Then the West girls are 13, and the Central boys are number six. Am I completely nutso that I don't remember... Uh, the sprinter, who is now the fastest guy at Traverse City West. Gallegos? No. Gallegos isn't the fastest guy anymore. No? Preston no. Dion? No. Dominic Glue. Oh. Dominic Glue, oh. another senior. He's a senior. I don't remember his name on the team last year 
or obviously we didn't have a season last year, but two years ago, I don't remember his name, but he's a senior. He set a PR yeah. in the in he, the Ken Bell he, meet. He's running. ranked he's ranked number thirteen in the state. And yeah. then Preston Dion is seventeen. In they're, the hurdles. Remy Schultz is twenty three. No, this is just a hundred. Okay, where's he's, Tony at? They're four by one is number one in the state with Dion, Patrick O'Connor, Tony Gallegos and and uh there, Dominic I mean, Glue. I, I did a story on Traverse City West's sprinting program a couple of years ago. Just because it was like wow, but you look at this again and holy, holy moly, this boy's sprinting team is just—it's uh, something else. Yeah, and I don't even see Gallegos in the top uh, seventy in the hundred meter dash. I'm pretty sure that his first—this was his best run this year—was 11:21. But still, 11:05 is what Dominic Glue ran, right? They had Traverse City West has had now six guys, six different runners qualify for regionals. In the 100. Yeah. I'm wondering if these Mitka rankings maybe get older or whatever, because they have Dominic Glue at 13 at 11-14. Yeah. I mean, this this just all happened Friday, so I don't know exactly when they update, so they're probably not in there quite yet. But as we look at this, like I said, six Titan sprinters are already qualified at under a 115 or 11-1-5 for regionals. They already have four guys in the 200 after Patrick O'Connor just, just went in this past week. Like, okay. <clears throat> that's a lot. Leah Dozma is the number one ranked discus thrower for Traverse City Central by nine feet. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about a, a host, a host of kids who are and, all the way up there. Yeah, and the shot put, Mackenzie Borer and Leah Dozma, from Traverse, both from Traverse City Central, are tied for number one. What was that throw? 44-2. Like the best individual event, or like the best field event downstate is going to be uh... – Northern Michigan basketball players in the high jump. <laughs> Finn Hogan, number two. Kate McGillis, yeah. number three. Long jump, too. Jane Alfred, nine. Oh, you guys talk about high jump. I just threw another thing. We've talked about Josh Burnham on this podcast, obviously, a lot. He's won four out of the last five events, meets and invites, that he's participated in the high jump, and he just started doing it. Just this year. March 15th. Freak athlete. Yep. He's uh, jumping like Traverse over 6'4". Traverse City West, Jacob's, Jacob Patinella is ranked number one in the state in long jump. Nolan Brightup from Central is number three, and John O'Connor is sixth. Three in the top ten, plus Patrick O'Connor at 13. That's a lot for, for track ratings, right? Like, that's a lot. Uh, I mean, we, we know that we're going to have several teams, I can almost guarantee you several teams, competing for a, an overall state championship, and we're going to have dozens of individuals Mm-hmm. In the running to actually bring home hardware this year. Yeah, and I'm looking at the D4 uh, Mitka rankings, and Frankfurt is obviously not in here because the number one ranked girl in the pole vault is from Hillsdale Academy, and her height is 10-3. I know Tara Townsend has done like over 11 th- foot. I, was, I thought it was like closer to like 11-3 or 11-4. She had a, a meet, like a quad the other a week or two. Well, she, she, won the, she, cleared, she won the pole vault as a freshman. She cleared 11 feet, and, like, nobody else in the whole meet cleared, like, seven. <laughs> she, she won the state championship as a freshman in the pole vault, <laughs> so she's still on the radar. There's obviously just an, an insane amount of people ranked in track, but we do have rankings for some other sports uh, that have come out so far this year that I want to talk about, James. I know that you kind of got our, our top people ironed out here. Who's ranked and who's getting noticed across the state thus far? Well, the one sport that we have a team ranked number one in, maybe that'll change after the Midka rankings get updated because these ones are from the 4th, from May 4th. Um, so they'll update sometime this week. But uh, in, in tennis, Traverse City St. Francis took over number one, number one spot after they beat a couple of top 10 teams in the last few weeks convincingly. 
Um, Petoskey is also ranked in the top 10 in Division Two. They're ranked number seven. Uh, in soccer, we have four teams that are ranked. The highest is Elk Rapids in Division Three, which is number four. Boyne City, which beat Elk Rapids convincingly, is ranked number nine. So, yeah, because they, they, they beat them what, they, like? They split. The, yeah, Elk Rapids won the first game 2-1. to one, And then and they Elk, beat them, like, 9-1 to one or something or something? 7-1, seven to 7-1, okay. Something like that. And then uh, Charlevoix is 18 in Division 4, and Traverse City West is 10 in Division 1. Yeah, I was at that Traverse City West, Traverse City Central soccer game. I think that was last week. Uh, I got to see them in action a little bit. You got to see Elk Rapids and, and Charlevoix, and uh, obviously we see Point City. You said that you thought it might be Elk Rapids year to get through the regional. There's a couple of those Lake Michigan Conference teams who, who got a chance too, don't yeah. they? Well, Boyne's going to be a different division. All, yeah. they, all three of them, well, they, they list Boyne as, D, as D3 in the rankings. I don't know if uh, in other sports they've been D2 pretty commonly in the playoffs. So it's possible they could all be three be in different divisions because Charlevoix is in D4. Different, they're in different districts, though, which is kind of odd considering how close they are and that they're in the same conference, that they're in different districts. That's more exciting. They'll probably re- meet in the regional round again if that happens. Yeah. I mean, Boyne City lost Elk Rapids 2-1 to one on the 8th of April. They haven't allowed a goal since. Elk Rapids lost them 7-0. to zero. They haven't allowed a goal since April 8th. And they've put up... Nine straight shutouts. Right? By counting right? 67 goals without... Their differential since their last loss, 67-0. to zero And nine straight wins. So... Point City is a is a threat as well. Is there anybody yeah. else? I didn't soccer, but uh, I, so I got a little question for you. Uh, aside from St. Francis, who is the only team that has both a baseball and softball team that are in the rankings that we cover? I'm gonna say Kingsley. No, shockingly, no. Kingsley is not ranked in baseball. Like I told you, uh, like I, I told you before the show, Northern Michigan in baseball rankings kind of gets shafted. The shaft. I don't know Kingsley. Kingsley's Kingsley's going. Kingsley's going to surprise some people. I know. I mean, they're in Division Two, though. That's they the thing. D, they're in D two. They're, they're the smallest school in Division Two this year. It's their first time ever playing up in Division Two for baseball. So that I can see why they're not ranked. Maybe Division Two, but who is it? Mesick. Oh. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I would never guessed it. I would have never guessed it. So, in, so in baseball, Traverse City Central actually is ranked number eighteen in Division One. West unranked. Petoskey is number 15 in D2. Uh, in D3, St. Francis is 14. Boyne is 17. D4, Johannesburg Lewiston is number 5. That doesn't, that doesn't, Johannesburg Lewiston, you're talking about softball, right? Baseball. Baseball, this okay. Is baseball. Yep. All this all baseball, okay. Yep. The Mesick is 19. Gaylord St. Mary is 20. Okay. Softball, in D3, they have Kingsley as an honorable mention. Okay. So they must be a different division in softball than they, they are. Baseball. They are. Yeah. Uh, St. Francis is also honorable mention. D4, Misik is number 10. And Onekama is honorable mention. Well, those Quigan girls down in Misik are a couple heck of softball players. They smack the ball, and they're both good yeah. pitchers. Noticeably not there in the softball rankings is Traverse City West and Gaylord. Disrespect. You tell them what you told me about Gaylord softball. They're 20-0, and 0 and they still have not had a team hold them under 10 runs. <laughs> Even going downstate and playing some good downstate teams, including one that was ranked last over the weekend, and they still won by double digits, and and they're not getting ranked. Is there any more rankings we have to add? I mean, we've got a boatload of track teams, but that would take forever. We already to went go through, through a bunch. We already went through a bunch of track rankings. So. Yeah, we've got. Uh, I mean, 
I'll just run through some of the teams, not okay. where not necessarily where they rank. But you got Cadillac Girls, Benzy Girls, Kingsley Girls, Benzy Boys, Manistee Boys, Kingsley Boys, Mancelona, and Boyne City Boys, and then Manistee Catholic Boys and Girls okay. are ranked in Division Four. Okay, uh, like I said, way too many to count. We might have a we might have a lot of hardware coming back to Northern Michigan from track and field finals this year. Let's go ahead and hear from. A couple of those kids that we expect to see uh, near the top of the podium the rest of the season. We had a chance to interview Julia and Hunter separately uh, on this Monday. So let's go ahead and dive into that interview with Julia Flynn first. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City Central speedster and junior Julia Flynn. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me on. It's really an honor to be on the podcast today. Yeah, we uh, we obviously have a lot to talk about with one of the fastest girls in the state right now. But speaking of fast, we have to get to our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. We have five rapid fire questions coming for Julia. First one, when you were really young, what did you want to be when you were a kid? So in kindergarten, I wanted to be, I my friend and I, he said he wanted to be a dog groomer, and I wanted to be a dog groomer too. But um, he, since he already said that during class, I said a cat groomer, which I don't think is a thing. So, because they kind of groom themselves. So I, yeah, I met like a veterinarian, but it, it was really funny. You're just gonna, you're just gonna become like one of those people who shave all the crazy like poodle, yeah, poodle yeah, things and like. Yeah, but then he stole it. He was like, <laughs> I want to be the dog groomer, and I wanted to be different. Because all the other kids were saying, like, firefighter and, like, policeman. And I was like, I want to be original. And, yeah, I said cat groomer. They it wasn't st- one of the brightest moments. But, <laughs> they they <laughs> yeah. stole it anyways. Uh, what song would you sing at karaoke night? Don't Stop Believing. Everybody knows the words of that song. I don't think I can hit the high <laughs> notes, though. Have you ever – now, have you ever been to uh, a Red Wings game? Oh, no. Okay, so they always play that song at the Detroit Red Wings game. And that's when you learn to belt that song out. Yeah, at least from they had being the part from Detroit. About- yeah, the part about Detroit. Yeah. Do you collect anything? And if you collect anything, what do you collect? Okay, so for races, uh, everybody seems to like collect the little uh, racing bibs or like, you know, cool things like that, like the numbers. But I've always collected the little racing pins. So I have this little lucky jar of just like that has like four leaf clovers on it. And I keep all the racing pins. So now I just I have a lot of safety pins now. And they're my lucky safety pins, and I only use them for racing, and I keep them on the little um, metal display thing, which, you know, looking back, my mom's like, you know, you probably should have saved the racing bibs and, like, you know, put, like, your place and your time and, like, you know, had that whole thing going on. No, I just saved, I just saved the uh, the pins. The pins? Which... Have you ever reused <laughs> the pins? No, they're sacred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now, question. You don't do, have do a plan you, for them? Do you still save the ones that, like, if you don't win? I mean, it's been a long time since that, but still, oh. like, if you don't win, do you still save those pins? Well, I think they're still valuable in my head because every experience, like, whether you win or lose, it's it's still a valuable experience. It's, it is what you make of it, you know? Like, if I don't win a race, I'm not going to have, like, a bad memory of it. It's like, oh, what did I take away from that race? I might have learned, oh, how to draft better or, like, how to not get defeated when a person passes me. Like, I think they're still valuable experiences, and I want to remember them. Have you ever met your doppelganger? What would be the first thing you would ask them? Okay. Yeah, I would race them. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, you look course. like me. Can you run of like course. me? Yeah, can you, you, you can talk the talk, walk the walk, but can you run the run? <laughs> okay. 
what is the worst decision that you have ever made? I think everything happens for a reason, so I don't want to like chew myself out here. I think I, I think I did everything pretty well. But, um, there's definitely mistakes, but I don't think anything stands out to me. I think overall, just taking opportunities like bigger races or something like that, where I'm like scared of it, and then like pass up opportunities like that, I might regret like not going for it just out of fear. So fear holds me back when I'm trying to. <laughs> Let go of oh, that. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's going to lead us into the rest of the interview. We're, we're talking about fear and how you do this. I mean, we, we just got done t on the podcast, just got done talking about your performance over the weekend. Just two weeks ago, you set the school record in the two-mile for Traverse City Central at 10.29.37. Mm -hmm. And then in less than 14 days, you run 20 seconds off of that time and move to number five in the country for a 3,200 so far this season. How does how does that drastic of a change happen in such a short time, especially with the incremental increases that you've had over your career? I think it just has a lot to do with confidence because, you know, going into like any workout, if I'm, you know, mentally in a negative thought pattern, I'm going to like, you know, get down on myself about not hitting pace. And then it's just like this toxic mindset. And of course, I'm not going to perform well if I'm not like in it to win it, basically. And I think with uh, a few weeks ago when I set that other record, the schools there really didn't have other girls that were on the, like on a caliber with me. Like they weren't pushing me like the elite race was. So I guess I had fun a couple weeks ago. It was empowering. because like, I was lapping girls and I don't want to sound full of myself. Like that happened. Okay. And, and so it's kind of fun when you're going around them to, to catch them and they're like they're catchable because like when you pass them since you're lapping them they're not they're not going to try to pass you again so it was i think a couple weeks ago it was more just about building my confidence like hey i can do this because you know my last i mean my last track season that i've had is freshman year and because of covid mm -hmm. so in the two mile until this season i'd never broken 11 minutes so going into this season my first goal for them putting me in the two mile was hey i want to I want to break 11 minutes and my, my standards for, you know, how fast I wanted to go were kind of like, still like, can I break 11 minutes kind of a thing. And then when I did that, I was like, Oh, okay, I got this. And, uh, after that race, I was like, well, I didn't really feel exhausted. I didn't really feel like I gave it my all. I was more just testing the waters of what a below 11 minute two mile felt like. And so then in this race, I knew there'd be more competition and, I remember last week in one of our workouts, we did a workout on Tuesday and my coaches had me do like a workout where it was like do a 400, a 600, a 400, and then all out 200. And then that's one set. And then you do that three times. And so it was a pretty daunting workout for me, at least. I was like, oh, this is, this is, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I completed that and they saw what splits I was hitting, they were like, you know, Julia, we think you can do for sure at this elite two mile, a 10, 17. Coach Christina, one of my coaches was like, we think you can do this. And I was like, no, can you just tell me I can do this? Like, don't say think, like, can you just tell me that I'm capable of hitting that time? And she said, yes, you are capable of hitting 10, 17. And so that kind of built my confidence more. And then on the night of the race, I was just kind of feeling it out. Like going into a race, I really want to focus on how do I feel? And like not worrying about competitors because at the end of the day, 
run your race, right? So I had to kind of go into myself and not worry about the competition. Like, yes, I'm going to use the competition to help me do my best, but I'm not going to let it tear me down and like have like a, you know, a bunch of mm-hmm. thought, negative thoughts about like fear and like, oh my gosh, I like, what if I don't win? It's more of just like, I'm going to use these competitors to help me push me forward and definitely not hold me back mentally. Mm-hmm. So when I was racing, I was trying to reflect on how I felt and not worrying about where the other girls were. Like in our, I heard a lot of people say going into this race, you know, Julia, watch out. They're going to go out fast because this is a competitive race. They're going to have a fast start. Like they're going to, they're going to have like a first, their first split of the 400 is going to be fast. And since I'd been working on my pacing, when I was doing my race, it didn't feel fast. And it was actually right on pace for where I needed to be. So I just trusted my body with what it could do. And the rest just played out that the other girls were behind me. And that's just what happened because I wasn't focused on them. I was focused on how do I feel? What am I capable of? Mm -hmm. How can I push myself? So the top girl in the country is Mia Barnett. She's from California. Chris, I think I'm pronouncing this right. Crescenta Valley at 952. I just got to ask, like, how, how, that's like only a 10 second difference from you. How hard is it to get from where you are now, like a 10, eight, two mile to a sub 10 or a 952? As you get into those faster splits and like at first glance, yeah, that like 10 seconds or however many seconds over 10 seconds, but in a two mile, like those are, when you get to the speed, those are, that's a lot of time between me and the first place. However, I think I could have broken looking back just like reflecting on my race. I think I could have been capable of breaking 10 if I would have pushed in my last 800 deeper and like just more because at the finish, yes, I felt tired. Yes. I was like, you know, didn't really want to stand up, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. but at the same time, I feel like I had more in me. And if I had someone like, you know, neck and neck with me on the straightaway, I could have sprinted faster. I could have finished faster. So I think I'm totally capable of being better than fifth in the nation. And it just depends on like the way I approach my race and just having that positive mindset. And I think, you know, anything is possible for me. Um, yeah. 952. That's great. That's going to be my new goal. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, said, we said it here. Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about just what, what it does for your confidence when somebody goes, Oh, here's 1017. You, you just told yourself you're capable of a 10, you know, 1009. And you're, you know, you go, I think I could probably even do better than that. What does that do for you for the rest of the season? Um, knowing what you've already attained and then knowing that the weather's only getting better and you're only going to face better competition. Well, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I think, you know, it, it opens, you know, the op- opportunity for me to do better in the mile. And cause just the confidence, like it's like a, a momentum sort of thing. You know, once you start competing well and you have this confidence build, and you have some wins under your belt, you're, you're feeling uh, pretty good <laughs> and you, you start to just want to, it, it kind of brings back the joy of running when you know that your hard work is paying off. So I'm definitely feeling, you know, kind of renewed in the sense of, yeah, I want to race because I know I got it. You know, I know I can push myself and, and achieve great things. So I think this week I'm going to focus on the mile on Wednesday. I'm going to try to do something cool in the mile, hopefully, and we'll see what I'm, what I can do. But, um, later on the season, yeah, my goals would be definitely under 10 would be great. 
but it's not going to be an expectation. I'm not going to put that pressure on myself because of course, as the weather is getting better, you know, there's always wind and, you know, there's rain still. So we don't know like the exact conditions or like depends on the day. So I'm not going to put that expectation for me to do, you know, better than this time because I'm sure no matter what the time is, I'm going to have a great race, but it's definitely a goal. And I really want that in my sights to do better. I know he's the the boys coach and everything, but he's been there for over 50 years. Can you give us a funny John Lober story? John Lober? Yeah. Oh, he has this little uh, kind of golf cart thing that he drives around the track and he tries to race other kids with it. Kind of, he kind of is like, oh, I'm going faster than you. Sort of a thing. He's always oh. this little golf cart riding around, you know, before meets, especially trying to set out markers and stuff. He's, he's always like, race the car, kids. Yeah, like, race I, the car. He's, I, he's always there. I'm not running with you anymore. You better race this machine. Is that why you guys are so fast? Is that why you guys are so good? You guys running on cars or something? Yeah, definitely. Do they just no. put you in. Do they put you in moving <laughs> traffic? Is that the secret? Is that the secret? Yeah, yeah go in the middle of months in moving traffic. You got to run 35. You better start <laughs> running 35. No, now, today we um, had one of our kids in our team, Micah. He ran against Coach Lukens, and it was it was kind of fun. So he just, I don't know. There's gonna be nice. some friendly competition. There has to be now. But how does it, how does it work for a runner like you? I mean, you haven't you haven't lost an event that you've ran in this year. Um, with the competition and practice, how do you set the bar for yourself when you practice, and how do you kind of? bring the team along with you when there might be such a big gap um, in actual training capability? Yeah, so today we did a workout and um, I do the same workout as them and maybe some of them do less sets than me, but pretty much the same workouts. And I um, just the way like the recovery works between uh, intervals, especially on speed work with the track, um, it ends up me just doing my recovery at different times. And But, you know, some speed sessions I'll be you know, doing it with the girls and then I'll just have the same recovery. But um, today I was kind of out on my own, which is, which is fine because then I can kind of get into the element of like feeling my pace. And then, you know, in a race scenario, I can be like kind of muscle memory with this pace. Like I know it inside and out without, without anybody around me, I can tell if I'm on pace, which is pretty useful. Um, but of course we do the warm ups and cool downs together. And Avery McLean is a really, really talented fast runner. And she's been working so hard this season. And, uh, it's always really, really fun to have her by my side in especially speed workouts. And she is crazy fast sprinters as well. So it's been really fun with my team and pushing their limits as well. And seeing them have really great workouts, have really great victories during meets. It's always really exciting to see my teammates perform well and see that their hard work is also paying off. I mean, you got to have some sort of accomplishment. They're like They're chasing me, and they're getting faster, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the rabbit, and they're the dogs, but they're, the dogs are, you know, they're getting close. So. They're getting closer and closer. You're, you're, <laughs> start, you're starting to hear closer. them. <laughs> starting to hear the barks down the back of your neck. All right, <laughs> to take it off track for just a quick minute, I bet you're an avid runner. What's the best running spots in Traverse City just to go on like a couple mile run in the summer? Oh, well, in the summer for summer training, especially for cross country, we always run from Central School three times a week with the team. And I just love the Tart Trail is really, really nice. And then also with the, the times that I'm not running with the team, I really enjoy 
uh, running up at Hazrat Beach out by the end of the peninsula. That's a really, really pretty spot um, with all the trails and everything. And, and then run out to the lighthouse and stuff like that. I think that's really fun. And then the Civic Center is really great for interval work just because it's, you know, the, the outer ring of the Civic Center is like three-fourths of a mile, and it's really useful to use that, especially for cross-country training. That's where we do the majority of that. And then I haven't been on the Vasa in a while, but I've taken some uh, jogs out there with my friends, and it's it's been quite an adventure. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're, you're focused on, you, you know, running your 5K and everything like that, but um, how do you, do, do you look at people like, say, Des Linden, who are doing uh, 50Ks and, and marathons and, and try to train like them? And how do you, how do you kind of, like, form your regiment to be an elite runner um, off of, you know, what, what you have? Well, Des Linden, we actually got to meet her my freshman year, actually. We were at our running camp out Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes area, and she came and visited us for a few hours, and she talked to us. And I think just the dedication that she has to the sport, and just, she's a badass. She is just a tough mm-hmm. cookie. Like, she, you can just see that she just works hard. And so, for me, I just, when I go out and run, I want to make sure that I'm giving it my all and I'm every day working towards a goal. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to, it just, just little steps. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of coaches will say, a lot of teammates will say, anybody that's into running will say consistency, you know, not saying, Oh, I'm having an off day. I must not be a good runner. You know, like, no, you, you have an off day. You say, well, you know, maybe I need to eat more, like protein maybe i need to get more electrolytes in my system maybe i need to like adjust something outside of running to make me better and i think running is really a lifestyle and so when i look at uh pro runners you know i'm looking at you know they don't only they don't just go for a jog in the morning and say yeah i'm gonna win this hunt like ultra marathon you know it's it's a lifestyle it's what you eat it's what it's it's the strength training it's it's your friends it's your group socially of what habits you build and so when i see like pro runners you know doing insane times i know that they must work so hard and so for me personally as long as i'm feeling like i'm working hard i can go fast too (laughs) so what type of advice do you give your teammates or or anybody who asks because I know uh, when we talk to distance runners, inside your head's a whole—it's a whole battle, you know. That's it's kind of just you versus yourself in your head and having to get past that that benchmark on your your physical or whatever it is. But how do you? What, what advice do you give to other runners on how to kind of like shake that fear when you're in a race or to kind of like get rid of those negative thoughts and, and push through that wall? Well, you know, a lot of girls on my team and just in general for like any person that I've met when they see me run, afterwards they'll be like what do you think about when you run? I mean, it must be boring. And at times, you know, it kind of is in races. I don't know what to think about. All these girls look so intense. They look like they they know exactly what they're doing. You know, in a lot of elite events, I'll just go out there and like, oh, someone's doing skips. I must, I must, I should do skips. Like, I don't know what I'm, <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> I don't have a master plan going on. I mean, I'm not like, brainiac over here like thinking about you know how to take over the world with my running (laughs) i (laughs) i think like during a race it's just keeping it positive keeping it light you know and 
there's a certain amount of strategy, of course, when you have competitors. But for me, it's just like, in my experience, my best races have come from just places of just repeating positive things to myself, literally just cheering myself on. Because running, especially in high school, is just supposed to be fun. And a lot of girls at elite events, they'll be so nervous before the race. I can see them kind of jittery. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't get butterflies. I get really nervous. But at the end of the day, you know, you're really the only one that cares about your performance. Everybody else there, like you can't be intimidated by the crowd or like other runners because they're only worried about themselves and like their performance. So when it comes to like your mentality and, and your what you're thinking about during the race, you just have to like, this is going to sound really corny. You just got to believe in yourself because everybody else is just trying to, to do their race. So, you know, I know it's early, but have you thought about possibly running in uh, USATF stuff this summer or pos- like, you know, the, like the new balance races, the Nike races, have you thought about putting your, putting your name up for any of those nationally? Well, let me, let me pull it up on my phone because I think my um, coach just talked about oh yes coach taylor um she thought it might be fun for me to do the brooks pr invite oh yeah on july 2nd in seattle and honestly i haven't really looked into a lot of things i'm just looking forward to a great track season and you know after states and after any other track event i'll take a breather (laughs) and then kind of reset and then say "Hmm, what do i feel like doing this summer to prepare me for cross country because honestly I am a planner, but I don't like to like go that far in the future where I'm like stop like stacking up all these other races. Like I just kind of like to deal with what's in front of me at every given moment. And right now, my look out at like my my plan is like I'm running this Wednesday, and then I don't have a meet over the weekend, and then the next week I have this race and this race, and I'm going to do my best at those. But um, as far as like more elite competitions in the summer. Yeah, just like, um, I love the Cherry Festival. <laughs> I like to keep it fun in the summer, in the off seasons. But yeah, I'm excited to, to have some more competition, especially leading into cross country season. It's good to keep racing throughout the summer, not necessarily like huge, big races, but just something because speed work is very important. And it's like, in addition to base mileage, you want to keep that speed. So fun races are what I'm looking forward to in the, um, in the coming summer. But I was just looking at the Mitka rankings, and um, as of today, and these, these rankings are like about a week old, so maybe somebody else moved up or whatever. You In the Mitka meet, you would be seated in the top 20 in the boys' race. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, is this for the two-mile, or what race is this? For the 3,200, 30, yep. My um, teammate and I were just talking about the day, that today, uh, Drew Seabase, he was saying, you know, Julia, maybe you can enter the boys 800 meter on Wednesday. And like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, but I mean, racing with the boys definitely would push myself to, especially because I want to do something great in 800 meter for our school record. Yeah, that's, that's a cool stat. Yeah, I'm going to tell that to the boys coach. Say, hey, <laughs> coach, I can run with the boys. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm top twenty. I'm top twenty. Now, th- I think this will wrap us up. But you just me- you just mentioned what you want to do in the eight hundred, 
And that's what I was going to ask is, you know, you do four events per, but we obviously know that you have a few events that you're able to really excel in. What are you, what are your, your goals for the records? And a lot of times, like, times or anything, be like, oh, I want to get the four. I want to have four records to my name. Because um, you just broke the school record for the 32 a couple of times. And obviously, you already have some. What are your goals for uh, the rest of your career at Traverse City Central when it comes to that legacy? Okay. Well, definitely, I see myself getting the school record in the mile. As a freshman, I was only like, I think, five seconds off of it. And then this season, I've been using kind of the mile to to learn about pacing for the two miles. So I haven't really gone full out in the mile, which will be exciting to see what I can do on Wednesday. But for the 800 meter, a few weeks ago, we did a uh, relay meet. And my split for the 800 meter was um 208 i believe unofficially um so and the school record is uh 211 so if i'm in the open 800 and i try hard i think i have a a good chance at leaving a legacy there and then right now i think for the 400 my official time in athletic.net is like 58 something or another i don't pay attention to like the 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 Mm -hmm. little Probably should. 58-38? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Thank you for getting all the stats. It's very nice. <laughs> um, but the school record is 57 in the later end of 57. So, 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 you, so what you're saying is that you're knocking on the door of the school record in all four of the events that you run regularly. Yes. Okay. And, and you, <laughs> so, you want to leave with those. Fingers is crossed. That's what we're looking at. So yeah. th- we're, we're, we're looking at Julia Flynn is going to be plastered all over the gym at Traverse City Central and all over the record books for the Trojans, probably by the end of this. You still have a whole other year um, after this season of cross-country and of track, so we're going to see plenty more from you. We really appreciate you stopping by and giving us some of your time today. Congratulations on an outstanding school record, and, you know, we can't wait to see what's to come. Thank you so much. Another huge thank you to Julia for joining us here on this Monday for episode 175. Like we said, she's uh, ranked up all the way in the top for how many events? She's ranked number one in the state in three different events. In the 400 by about a half a second. In the 800 by almost two seconds over her own teammate, Avery McLean. And in the 3200 by almost 10 seconds. She's uh, second in the 1600. Okay. Um, behind the girl who is right behind her in the 3200. So, Holland West, Ottawa. Okay. So, literally the other fastest girl in the state, basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, uh, what? We have Hunter Jones next. He's got to be, if that's the fastest time ever as a sophomore, he has to be up there uh, at the top of the state for, for what he runs. What's he ranked at? For the 3200 this season. He, uh, and this is the Mitka computer rankings, by the way. So I might not include everybody. If you're not the coaches and in the coaches association, maybe you don't report your stuff, which would explain maybe why Frankfurt's not in there or, or something. Um, but uh, he is ranked number one in the state in 3,200 with a 917.02. The second place kid is 954. He's also number one in the 800 by four seconds over Tyler McClure of Mancelona. And then he's number one in the 1600 by about 18 seconds. Wow. Well, let's go ahead and listen to that interview with Hunter and find out exactly how he does it. 
The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome our second guest of the day, sophomore from Benzie Central and one of the fastest kids in the country, Hunter Jones. Thank you so much for joining us, Hunter. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. I know. You just are you, you never stop running. You just got done with a meet yourself tonight and uh, making sure that we get you on the podcast after what you did this past weekend. We'll get into talking more about that and all the awesome accomplishments Hunter has had after we do our Freaky Fast Five, which is a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. Let's go ahead and dive into those really quickly. What celebrity would you like to meet at Starbucks for a cup of coffee? Probably Gallon Rupp because he's uh, like a big inspiration to me. So, yeah, he's a good runner. and uh, yeah. You want to be able to pick his brain, huh? Yeah. Okay. Do you love or hate roller coasters? I hate them. I don't like them at all. <laughs> no, no, not a roller coaster guy. Now, is that like – have you ever been on like a really big roller coaster? Yeah. Yeah, and just yeah. No, no bueno. <laughs> No. Not at all. You got one? That's the second person in a row that said that. I know. We've only like, asked that question twice, and both people have been have said that they don't like roller coasters, which I could totally see. I'm going to ask you one of the same questions I think I asked uh, Julia, which is, what's the worst decision you've ever made? Oh, that's, that's a tough question. Probably trying football. Did it didn't go out well? When I was younger? No. Yeah, yeah, actually, I... Uh, I got the ball and I uh, ran it into the other team's end zone. So <laughs> that yeah, that could that be probably one single in. That is my football. Is <laughs> that's that's a funny story. So I don't think I've actually heard. Maybe maybe Coach Kelly, but have you ever had a nickname? And what is it if you do? They, I don't know. They just call me like by my last name sometimes. I guess Jones or yeah. They're know. they're not calling you like really the Flash them. or something. I mean sometimes, but. <laughs> uh, like we're not we're not we're not gonna be a superhero. Okay, I think we, I think that was four. Um, this okay, this one's kind of off, but I kind of interested because we haven't been able to go for a year. And I don't know if you have, but what's the last movie that you went to see in a movie theater? I have no idea. That's obviously like two years. I, I can't even remember the last movie I saw. I think Star Wars was the last one that I saw. Yeah. Yeah, but that was still like three years I ago. I remember. I remember watching McFarland. That's the last one that I remember watching. Okay, so how, then we'll put this up. Just because I do. Do you got chores around the house? Uh yeah. What's yeah, your what's your yeah. least favorite chore? What we what's your My least favorite? favorite? Your le- your favorite and your least favorite. Well, one's really easy. I just let my dog outside and feed them, so I I like that. Okay. But uh, I don't really like to do the dishes very much, so. Nobody yeah. likes to do the dishes. I was about to say that. that. <laughs> well, that was that was our freaky fast five. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. We got a lot more to talk about with Hunter, and I mean, I guess. We have to start with, you just finished running the fastest time in a two-mile ever for a sophomore in the state of Michigan. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, times that you've already broken, but at your age, what was the benchmark, and, and how did you feel this weekend when you ran that with, against a pretty good competition? I think the benchmark was probably, like, beating Dathan Ritzenhine's sophomore record that he had before, which was, like, 9.01. I really set that as a goal before I was going into it, and... uh I barely cracked nine, which I'm really, really happy about that. But yeah, it was pretty crazy. No, I know, I know that yeah. being able to set, I mean, set goals like that. I remember when we talked to like the Pete Moss invite. You said that you had that goal to to beat your best time in like the first meet of the year, and you wanted to set it good. I mean, is that how you kind of run? Do you set a goal for every race? Do you set a goal for like a season? How do you kind of like knock things down on your end? Yeah. So. I pretty much go from race to race. I want to do better every single time. So 
yeah, I have a goal like that I want for every race, and if I don't get it, then I'm just going to try harder the next time to get that same goal, you know. So, so now you beat the sophomore record. As a sophomore, what's your what's your goal for your next race? I want to go sub 410 in the mile, but for the two mile, my next goal is probably get into the 840s. That's another big benchmark that I hope I get this year because I, I think I can run even faster than I did. So, yeah. Yeah, because your last, your last lap was your fastest, right? I believe yeah, yeah. the weekend. Yeah. Do you, do you always is yeah. is, that, is that a strategy of yours leaving like a, a good a good chunk of energy in the tank to kind of like burn it out in that last hundred or two hundred meters of a race? Yeah, I, I usually try to go like the last lap or a little bit before that just to like make sure that I close hard and get the good time that I want. You know. I mean, but when you think about say that eighth lap over the weekend, that was almost a minute flat comparatively to your average. Your average split of about a minute and seven is what it looked like over the weekend. What does that tell you for your confidence, or what does that tell you about you that even at lap number eight, you're doing better than the first seven? Yeah, I'm, I'm just think like, it's the will to win, you know? I just wanted it really bad, so I tried as hard as I could to go and beat those guys, and I might not have caught all of them, but, you know, I, I tried as hard as I could, and... I mean, but with you being up north, you're usually the one who's running away from everybody. Every once in a while, you'll get to run run with somebody like Drew Seabase or Luke yeah. Van Heisen, who's really pushing up with you. But the competition that you just saw this past weekend is probably the best that you'll see in the high school realm until states, right? Yeah, that that was probably better than what's going to be at my state finals for sure. So what's it like running with comp- yeah. what's it like running with competition like that, and how does that push you to get say that sub nine? Well, I took it out hard to, like, push the pace because I knew, like, Hobbs, he was going to not do that. So I just wanted to take it out strong, and and it worked for a little bit. But then I fell back, and when I fell back, the other guys caught up to me, and they just they just dragged, dragged me along to that time, you know. Like, they pushed me, and and I just wanted to be up with those guys so bad, so I – Stuck with it and kept my hopes high and just gutted it out, you know. What was it like to be in the lead in a race with those kind of guys? It it was pretty different. I I didn't think that it was going to be like that. Like I went back and watched the video and I was had a solid like twenty meter lead on him and I was like, wow, like I didn't think it was like that. But <laughs> I mean, I think it was better that I did that because I set my own pace and. Didn't have to worry about anyone else. So do you do you think before the race that Hobbs Kessler knew who you were, and after the race now he knows who you are? I mean, I think he knew who I was, but I don't think he's that concerned. Like when I went out in front early, I was told that Hobbs was uh, just like laughing at me because I was going out by myself, and so he just didn't think that I was like didn't have it in me to go that fast. So. But mm-hmm. I, I think he respects me, and I think I can be at, like, his level or higher by the time I'm a senior. So I think he knows. I, I, that was actually what I was about to ask you. I mean, you're sitting five seconds behind somebody like Hobbs who for the last few years has been talked about as the best runner in the state, one of the best runners in the country, things like that. I mean, 
he's got a couple of years on you of experience. You're only five seconds. What do you what do you take from that? And what 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 do you what type of notes do you take from the the race against somebody like that when you know you still have so much time to kind of knock those seconds off? Yeah, I just think like I can train hard and I can knock off like so much more time and you know his times when i'm a senior probably won't seem like that difficult and like i know i can do it i just gotta put the work in you know so we have to ask i mean what is your actual training regiment like then with with putting miles under your feet or just is it so strict on splits or is it an amount of time or how do you kind of get yourself to the level that you're at so I'm I'm not really doing very much miles right now because I'm still like younger. So I'm just working on like a lot of speed work, 400s and 200s and stuff like that. You know, some runs are quicker. You know, like five mile runs at like a certain pace. Then like 530, 520 pace. You know, something like that. But most of the time I'm doing like sprint workouts, trying to get my strength like where it needs to be. So I'm I'm around like 40 miles a week, give or take, you know. Okay. But what are your eating habits? I mean, are you with you running running so much and and being so active? Do you have to like just eat a ton of calories? Yeah, I think like my parents have told me they they notice like I've been eating a lot more lately, but I don't really watch what I eat a lot. I just kind of eat whatever. I mean, to a certain extent, I don't eat a bunch of sugar, but you got to feed a growing boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who wins in an eating contest, you or Joey Chestnut? Because I've been told you can put away food. I don't know. If I starve myself for maybe like a couple of days, I, I don't know. I think I could. Uh, think I could have a chance at doing something, but. So we asked Julia this, and I wanna I wanna know this. I, everybody, because she said the same thing. Everybody has to ask you this. What goes through your brain when you're running? Are you are you a very tactical person? Are you always thinking strategy? Is it, you know, just splits? What goes through your head when you're pushing these times out and when you're trying to close in on a victory? You know, it's honestly, I think my answer would be different than most people. I don't know, but like, my mind's pretty blank. I just go out and I like know what I need to do, and when I need to sprint, like, I speed up, and I think I think about that. But, like, also, there's the other part of my brain that's thinking, like, about everything else, you know? Like, what am I having for dinner? Like, what am I doing after the race, you know? Like, I'm always thinking about something when I'm running. So I keep myself entertained just with my thoughts all the time when I'm running. So <laughs> I feel like you have yeah. to. Right? Yeah. Do you even feel pain at that point? You're, like, you're pushing that hard and your body's moving. Is it, like... Do you do you feel your body when you're running? Can you tell exactly? Can you could you feel it all? I guess, or is it like a, what they say that runner's high where you're just you're just trucking along like a train? Probably the <laughs> first couple laps you don't feel it, and then you start to feel it, and then at the end you don't you don't. It's like it goes away. Just like the middle laps, you just your mind gets tired and your body just takes a break, but then. Then the endorphins kick back in, I think, you know. It's like that wall you have to break through. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have, like, exchange students, like, every year. Um, if you uh, could yeah. visit one of your former exchange student uh, friends, which which country was it you'd go to? Ooh, I think I would go to Norway because I, I see pictures and, and look at uh, 
like that place and it's just so beautiful and it's it's unique i don't know i've never been to a place like that before so yeah how cool is that to just have a person from a different country living with you every year and just kind of get those different learn about different cultures and different countries and the the differences and the similarities between between everybody yeah i mean it's it's really cool like you you learn like so much from all of them and and like it gives me like a different perspective on like what i think just because they radiate that like to me and like i feel like it makes me a better person too you know taking their good qualities that i see and what is uh what's your favorite running moment i think when i ran at megastar in eighth grade and uh I ran like 9:34 as an eighth grader, broke like the middle school state record, and then I couldn't even see after that. I was like wandering around, like I was gonna pass out. That was, I mean, you wouldn't say it's enjoyable, but I don't know. It, it was. I thought it was pretty cool that I could get to that point. I don't know. So when you finish your uh, your high school career in in about two years or whatever, do you think that you'll have a record at Benzie Central that will never be broken? Yeah, I do. I think so. Is that a goal of yours? Like to have the Benzie Central record book is like filled with your name? Yeah, it is actually. I wanna get as many records as I can before I leave, but Is that is that is that, is that gonna include being like, Hey coach, put me in the relays for a few of these and do this and do that. We'll break all these records. Just put me in the put me in the four hundred relay this time around and then we'll go and we'll knock these all down. Yeah, yeah. I've been it, thinking about it. We got plenty of time. I don't yeah. The only one that I think that I won't be able to get is probably, like, the 100 because, mm, yeah, my turnover is not that fast. But the 200 I think I can get by my senior year. So Awesome. So, well, I know we're excited to see what is to come from you. Obviously, we there's a lot more miles to go underneath your legs here while you're still in high school. We want to congratulate you for an amazing race last weekend, becoming the fastest sophomore in Michigan State history, and uh, obviously there, there's plenty more to come. So once again, Hunter, thank you so much for taking time with us. It's been awesome, and good luck. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Another huge thank you to Hunter for joining us here on the Get Around, our fastest sophomore to ever run. A two-mile in the state of Michigan. Once again, just absolutely insane. That interview, both those interviews, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Best, here's our trick question of the day. Who's faster, Julia Flynn and Hunter Jones or Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's is freaky fast. They're freaky fast, dude. So are Julia Flynn and Hunter Jones. Here's a – so – Maybe we can get a cross-promotion here where we get Hunter Jones and Julia Flynn to go work as delivery people. Just on foot. For, yeah, just on foot <laughs> it, for Jimmy John's. you got to order within a one-mile radius. Or, no, two-mile. Two exactly. Two-mile. It's a 10-minute guarantee. <laughs> yeah, right? A two-mile radius, 10-minute guarantee. we gotta get, we got to get Julia to shake off just a little bit, but it would be 12-minute guarantee. So it's 30 seconds to make the sandwich, <laughs> 10 minutes to get out the door. Uh, let's see if we can get that hooked up. That's, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we'll dive into the chatter that matters and uh, talk about a couple of big happenings last week. The MHSAA made 
girls wrestling basically it, it has its own state tournament now. It was already sanctioned. They already they were already to do this, but they are basically going to be an add-on to the boys tournament now and have their own divisional state championship. James, you kind of dove in on that last week, and I uh, got a t- chance to talk to a few of the female wrestlers in our area. I know they all are just head over heels with what it's doing for wrestling. Yeah, because they they kind of didn't expect it to come this quickly. They hoped that it would be this year, but then after COVID, things kind of slowed down. The participation numbers were down because they were kind of across the board, especially in boys wrestling, too. Uh, had had a, a big plummet this year in participation numbers. And uh, so they weren't sure that the MHSA would go ahead with it and do it. But Karen Lennar was like, yeah, we, we should have done this years ago. It's time. Yeah, it's, it's totally time. And, and she predicted that within 10 years, you will see girls wrestling as its own team sport like have its own regular season as well that this should spur enough participation that within 10 years enough girls are wrestling in michigan that everybody can feel the team yeah bigger bigger schools well that's what i think that's what carolyn r said and they said the statistics from the nfhs say i mean i believe it's a 30th or 31st state to you know make it 29th okay 29th to make the jump uh so yeah i was i was only a little bit off i don't know where i got that number but 29th to make the jump, and the rest of them have had success with the, with the program. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's huge it does, in it's, Iowa. It's big in like, California, yep. Florida, I think Texas, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where all these girls who are up here wrestling are right now. Didn't we just have one of our wrestlers down at, like, Nationals? Lydia Krause? Yeah, or, Lydia Krause from Boyne City was yeah. down at the Nationals in Texas. I mean, we, I mean, we talk about that. We had, I think we had two, um, I don't want to be, two or three girls get selected to our all-region wrestle, all wrestling dream team this year. Well, Caitlin Moore, Lydia Krause. I think it was just those two actually on the dream team. Last year there was uh, Brielle. Clapp yeah, but she didn't. She didn't. She didn't wrestle this year because of COVID concerns. Right. But would have been right up there again. With Frary. Yeah. And, and Andrea Frary. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if you guys didn't catch that, the wrestling all-region team did come out this past Sunday with Gavin Wilmoth, the state champion at 152 in Division Four, leading the way. Make sure you hop on to record-eagle.com to see that full team and uh, see their accomplishments. Uh, we had a lot of good wrestlers this year. The team was a lot. It was actually a lot bigger than it was in the last couple of years because we had about 20 wrestlers get all state place in the top eight in the state tournament. So make sure you go ahead, take a look at that. And, you know, maybe we'll have to do our own girls, all region dream team, wrestling, all region dream team here, you know, in the future, that'd be awesome. Have enough girls to actually put together our own team here at the record Eagle. It'll actually, it'll be there to stay, which is something that is that that's, what's been hard for a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. They go, we don't know if this is that. I'm just here to kind of do this, and if I can, I can. If not, if not, I think yeah. it's there to stay. And I, th- and I think girls like Caitlin Moore and Lydia Krause are going to, in the area, just encourage more girls to be in wrestling. I mean, Lydia Krause's record last year against boys was, what, 24-7? and seven? I think she went 16-1 and one this year against boys. And, no, she was 24-7 and seven is what she told me. This year? Yeah. Okay. 24-7 and seven against boys. And uh, Caitlin Moore, I think, was twelve and maybe three? That, that was twelve and three okay, or something yeah. like that. Not. I mean that, you know. And Lydia Krause wrestles at one forty-five, which is like right in the middle of the weight classes, and you don't ever get an easy match or a buy. Like a, you know, when I was in high school and I was at one hundred three, I get buys and forfeits and stuff at at one hundred three and one twelve, but you know, ain't getting that at one forty-five. Grand Traverse Bay YMCA is starting to field a girls lacrosse team if they get a high school to sponsor them i'm assuming that would either be traverse city west or traverse city central they would be the first high school program north of midland like established high school program north of midland everything i've heard 
from commenters on on the story say this is massive news that that there's opportunities gonna, that are going to be there for girls across. You know, this all started by a girl. She's a freshman in high school now. I'm not really sure which one she goes to, but she played with the. I think it's considered the, whatever they consider the the middle school lacrosse program. It's not TC United. It's not considered TC United. It's like Grand Traverse Bay YMCA lacrosse. She played with them, um, and then come high school, she's like, I don't want to. I don't really want to play with the boys. Why can't we start a girls lacrosse program? And that's what happened. Her mom puts an all call out on Facebook, and next thing you know, it a coach that used to coach in college. <laughs> is just leading this effort to get a team going. They got 20 girls, which is what he says, which is what he says it was a lot. They they might have like 10 or 12. This time they got 20 and they're starting practice Monday. So this is happening. Like they're going to be playing he thinks they're going to be playing games come April. You know, so it, it's growing up here. It's getting more popular and I'm I'm hoping that the experience that they've had with you know the the Thunder Squirrels and the Bayhawks and the Crusaders then going on to become United and the Gladiators will make this a faster process for the girls to do it, and they won't have to have a club team for 10 years. I think it was that uh, that the boys did. I just wanted to say, like, that means, I mean, now it just comes to a sense of recruiting girls to, you know, female athletes to play, to do wrestling and to do lacrosse, right? Because that's all they need is more a little bit more numbers, and that then that, that's all it is. So that's why we're talking about it here on the pod is, you know, th- there's plenty of opportunity for uh, girls in northern Michigan to do just about uh, anything that they want now. Yeah, I mean, about the only, I think, uh, state-sanctioned sport that we don't have up here is field hockey. There's like some, there's like a little enclave downstate, like in the Ann Arbor area and stuff of, of schools that have varsity field hockey. I've just never seen anybody playing field hockey up here. No, the so only thing. it's it's a it's a totally eastern thing, but kind of lacrosse was too. And, uh, oh yeah, if you're yeah. out there and you like playing, if you've ever wanted to play field hockey, now is your time. <laughs> yeah, say something now. Say it now or forever Find hold a your peace. Finish the finish it off. But, but no, uh, I think we're all really excited to start adding another line to our prep roundups and start covering some more stories you know we've obviously had so much to talk about just on this podcast i'm, I'm we have to gloss over something but we're, i mean we're gonna make this quick and it has to be quick because this is gonna be extremely long we both saw traverse city west traverse city central baseball and softball uh last week traverse city west softball basically housed the trojans who were doing pretty well offensively but Brittany Steimel had two wins from the circle she had two home runs i think it was seven or six or seven total rbi uh you walk off homer Janie Selecki had a grand slam. I mean, the bats for West were just wild, um, and Traverse City Central did not have an answer for Brittany Steimel on the mound. And then, uh, Andrew, you got to see um, a split between the boys, and dang, what, what a couple of good games over there. It was there. a tie between the boys. It wasn't just a split. It was a tie. So they did a Merchie Memorial, and they, they're like, okay, if it's if it's a sweep, then the trophy obviously goes to the one team. If it's a, But if, it, and if it's split, they go by the run total. Well, it was 8-8. <laughs> And that's never happened in the 20 years of the tournament. So Wyatt Danielevich, 17 strikeout, no hitter in the first game against Traverse City Central. He hits a triple, too, that was nearly a home run. And you're like, okay, is this guy just going to go easy in the next game? No, he plays first base, and he completes two double uh, double plays with by going down for the splits. So the number seven recruit in the class of 2022 obviously showed just why he holds that ranking. Oh, yeah, in a game against... Josh Klug, who is the number 10 
recruit in 2023. Both those guys are pitching for Louisville for Daniel Levich two years, Klug three. Um, it's their first high school baseball seasons. There was a lot of eyes on these uh, two pitchers that pitched in separate games, but hey, come districts, it's not going to be that way. I fully expect them to be pitching on the mound on opposite sides. Yeah, if they end up meeting up, that'll definitely be uh, the way to go. You got to have your best people on the mound in the biggest of situations, so that'll be one heck of a, a pitcher's duel should have come to it. I mean, WD is Wyatt, so they call him WD or Wyatt Daniel Levich. Um, he's only given up four hits all season. And a lot of those, like, his coaches, like, oh, they, they were into the Suns. It a couple might have been errors, but I, it was a beauty to watch him play baseball. I, I'll just say that. And I think that does a perfect way to segue us into our Hall of Fame because I think, Andrew, you can just lead it off. Uh, who are you putting up this week? I got to put it, give it to Wyatt. I mean, he was hitting 88 on a lot of those fastballs. Some were hitting the dirt, but he, even he told me after the game, that's what he was trying to do because that's where they weren't. That's where he was getting them to look at. So I'm going to give it to the 17th strikeout no-hitter for uh, – against the Trojans for Daniel Levich. James, what do you got? I'm going to put up Brooke Bixby from Petoskey Softball. In her last four games, so they played one game against St. Ignace on Thursday, just a single game. And then on Saturday they played Nagani, Isperming, and Sheboygan. She went 14 for 14 with three homers, three doubles, and 11 RBIs and is now batting 703 on the season. And nobody's thought to pitch around her? <laughs> That is insane. 14 for 14. That is a hot streak if I've ever heard of one. She has not walked this season. Joe DiMaggio. She's, well, we she's might have just. And, and only struck out four times. We might, have, we might have just given some teams some proper <laughs> proper motivation to start putting her on base instead of letting her hit. Uh, obviously, that's. that's oof. Okay, Brooke. I'm putting up I'm putting up McKenna Burkholder. Like I said, the senior from Traverse City Central at Ken Bell. Went ahead and won three events, won both of the hurdle events, and won the 200, and then came in second place with her relay team. So it doesn't get much better than that against some of the best competition in the state with East Kentwood, Hudsonville, and, um, you know, Benzie Central and things like that. that that's a pretty good performance, uh, especially at a home meet where you, you do it as your senior year. It's only gotten better. So we got to put up to a vote, gentlemen. Who are we thinking for this week? Uh, this is tough. Uh, I mean, 17, <laughs> 17 strikeout, no hitter against your rival. That's four. T- I would love. He did put it, uh, four guys on base. Do you think? Do you think that uh, Bixby hits Danny Levich? <laughs> 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 that that's that's how we decide the Hall of Fame this week. If, if Bixby can put the ball in play on uh, Danny Levich's pitch, man, I got a feeling I'm gonna have to break this tie. Are you guys just gonna vote for your people? I was gonna say Bixby. Oh, we need a vote. We need a choice. I'll break it if you if you're gonna vote for Danny Levich, I can break it. Or. You know what? How about this? I'm voting for Daniel Levich. You break the tie. <laughs> How about that? Hop over Burkholder. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't you dare! Uh, going into this, uh, her batting average was 5.22 before that four-game streak, and now it's 7.03. Are you making the case to it's yourself? Crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy numbers, man. Her 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 OPS is almost two. 1.973. There's a couple girls. There's like another girl like that. The one from Gaylord. Oh, yeah. Jaden Jones. Yeah. Jaden Jones' numbers are ridiculous. Who are we voting for? She's already got 50 RBIs this season. Who are you voting for, James? Is it Burke Holder? Sure. We got to get this done. (laughs) He can't even make a decision. Okay. Well, congratulations to all three of our Hall of Fame nominees. Wyatt Danielavich, McKenna Burke Holder, and Brooke Bigsby. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame. 
that segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freak, uh, freaks about fresh bread, meat, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That brings us to our trifecta, which like I said, I have a list of questions that are our freaky fast five questions. Basically. You're going to ask us? I'm going to ask you guys one. And this is, it's, it, I, we don't have to make this very long, <clears throat> but I want to ask you, what is the most unusual thing you have ever eaten? I, I, I had crayfish in New Orleans once. And they made me sick. I kind of have two things <laughs> that kind of tie for first here. What are they? When I was in Florida, I had gator. Yep, I had gator before. Yeah. That, it was actually pretty darn good, Oh, no, no I like gator. It, 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 it was unusual, but it was good. I hate to be like this, and this is the only thing I'll ever say like this. Gator is the only thing that I've ever had that actually tastes like chicken. It doesn't. It's not, it's not like the same consistency by any means, but it actually just tastes like chicken. But what's the other one? So it was when I was back at KU, there was this place called the Burger Stand, and they always were known for having, like, massive burgers that were just really delicious. I had one with jam on it. It was like jalapeno jam, and there was like all these peppers and spices in it. Sounds and good. like combined into one, and they threw it on top of the burger. It was it got all over. Like It was like stuff spewing out the edges of it, but it was pretty darn good for what I did get in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm almost on James's level with the one that came up first. When I was in Paris, I ate a bunch of, like, raw seafood, like raw crayfish, like a half a crab. I would not eat the crab. It literally had, like, a crab just chopped in half. It was like, here, eat it. I'm like, what? But it had, like, little snails and everything. That made me sick, gave me food poisoning, like, a full, like, 24 hours later. I've never been sicker. I thought I was literally going to die. I was in Paris alone. My whole, like, my whole study abroad class left me. They went to Nice uh, to a stud farm. Mm-hmm. To like see like racehorses, and they left me at the apartment dying of food poisoning. They're just like, you gotta take care of yourself. Sorry, man. Yeah, I got that from crayfish too. Yeah, but, but mine was basically a mild case of food poisoning. Oh, it was, I've never had food poisoning except for that. It was like ten hours, maybe twelve hours, where I thought I was gonna die when I was in Paris by myself. But the, I think the weirdest thing, or the most unusual thing I've ever eaten, I actually used to work for a a, a caterer who specialized in wild game, and we used to do this one sponsored sports auction where it'd be all this memorabilia and everything, and it was like a silent auction, but what it was that you paid $100 for a wild game dinner. And we had upwards of 20 different dishes that were just off. But the the, the thing that I still think is the most unusual, and I ate almost all of it, was a goat ball soup. Like, actual goat testicles in the soup, and like, you gotta eat one of these. I was like, oh, okay, man. I would never do it again. I did it. I, I was that type of person, especially when I worked in kitchens and in, in food and everything like that. It's like, I, if I'm going to serve stuff, I'd like to try it, see what the stuff actually tastes like so I can tell people or whatever. Just <sighs> never again. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to try that. I did have jellyfish one time. You can eat jellyfish? Yeah. Really? What? Yeah. As long what as is the, that? As long as the stingers are taken out of it. What is that? It's just like, it's just like jelly. It's like jello it's or kinda, jelly? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's just like these long kind of tendrils of that are gelatinous. That's so weird. Yeah, and then uh, we got some at an Asian like? store. It doesn't have a whole lot of taste on its own, really. It's kind of like tofu, I think sort of, in that way. That's definitely more it's unusual like less, than it's, it's got, like, less taste than, like, calamari. Okay. I, or, I, I, or, I like calamari. Yeah, I don't mind calamari. Don't mind it, yeah. the, we do have, like, a package of jellyfish at home that we got at, at, at an Asian store in Grand Rapids that we're going to put in some uh, Asian food that we make here. <laughs> That's unusual. Just for the heck of it. That's unusual. That's enough to let me end this episode. That's unusual. We're back at it. We got we got some more uh, we got some more coupons. James, you had somebody chosen for today who won our raffle for two free Jimmy John's subs. Drum roll and sh- it is Amy Hughes of Mancelona. Check your inbox, Amy. We're going to be asking you where we should be sending a couple of vouchers. Remember to follow us all 
on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, at TCRE Sports. On Twitter, make sure you follow James at JamesCook14. Follow Andrew at ByAndrewR. And follow me, your lovely host, at Jake Atnip. Make sure you like, retweet, interact with us in some way. We'll get you entered in to win a couple of those free Jimmy John subs. Until then, don't get too hungry. We'll see you for one at 76 next week.